I am Plant on the Line in Vancouver, British Columbia at thecommentary.ca. There's a new feature-length documentary having its world premiere this week at the Vancouver International Film Festival, Back Home. Its director, Nisha Platzer, joins me now. The film is a moving meditation on loss and healing as Nisha gets to know her older brother, Josh, some 20 years after he took his own life. She was not yet a teen when he died, and so she navigates his uh, friends, his chosen family, as well as others to, uh, around to, to get to know him and heal. The film says a lot about family and the people we choose to be around us, as well as the need for community at a time of loss. The grieving process, as we see in the film, takes form in different ways for different people, and the loss can uh, also be visceral and manifest itself physically. Uh, the film is also visually fascinating and arresting. I'll ask Ms. Platzer about how she made the film and the various media that she uses, like 16mm and Super 8. Nisha Platzer is a queer artist and filmmaker from Vancouver. Her last short film, Vivin, was uh, uh, won, won the Best Film Award at Alucine uh, Latin Film and uh, Media Arts Festival. She studied at the Escuela Internacional du Cine y Televisión in Cuba. This film, her first feature, is supported by Telefilm Talent to Watch and recently presented at the Cannes Doc 2022 Docs in Progress Canadian Showcase. Nisha Platzer produced uh, the film with Joella Caballo and wrote it with uh, Jen Strom. The film screens this Friday evening, 6 p.m., the 30th of September at the Van City Theatre and Sunday afternoon, October 2nd, at 3.45 p.m., at the Cinematheque. Uh, it appears sold out as of this morning, so you might have to just show up and get into a standby lineup for a chance to get in. Visit viff.org for more information and uh, visit uh, melodiousimage.com for Nisha's site. Please uh, welcome to the Plant Online program Nisha Platzer. Ms. Platzer, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. I understand that you were in France earlier this year, is that right? Yes, true. Um... Yes, yeah, so Joella Kabalu, uh, who produces the film, uh-huh. and myself, we were invited by uh, Telefilm, Hot Doc, um, and and Can Doc Market to oh sorry, and the RIDM uh-huh. Montreal Documentary Film Festival to to attend um, a Canadian showcase of documentary films called Docs in Progress mm-hmm. at Can, and um, it was. You know, it was very, very exciting, and it was also at a time when we were trying to finish the film, and sort of everything was happening at once. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't initially realize it was taking place in person. I thought that it was an online event. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that came as a surprise. Said, "Oh, we're going to get on a plane." <laughs> you know, I hadn't done yet. Right, right. Um, in two and a half years, and so yeah, so we went for six days to the south of France, and. We pitched our film to a room full of industry professionals from all over the world and programmers and distributors and so on. And um, it was, yeah, it was, it was very, very exciting. It was really wonderful to connect with, with people on this personal story and just kind of like see. Sometimes I would tell people the, the one-liner of the film and they would start crying. It was like, so some people really connect with it. And yeah. then, you know, of course, others, it's like, oh, it's, too far away from me, or you get a real varied, um, varied array of, of of reactions from people, and it was 
Yeah, it was really cool to see people connect with it. Right, yeah. It is a film that I think a lot of people will connect with. I um, I, I connected with it in terms of, you know, having grown up in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. I'm... I'm, a, 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 a little older than than than, than Josh is or w- would have been, yeah. um, and um, yet it's it's sort of the you know the the, the Vancouver I'm I'm you know on, from the east side of, of Vancouver, mm-hmm. um, uh, and so you know a lot of it was familiar and a lot of it um, it, it was just fascinating to see um, how people grow up if you will I mean I, you know I have friends yeah. and 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 to see you know another group of people say. Um, how the, how they, they grew up in this in the city. Um, we hear in the movie from people that knew Josh and uh, people uh, who are older than you because um, uh, you, you're uh, Josh's younger sister, um, okay. and and they have a lot to say about what kind of guy Josh was, what kind of friend he was. Could, could okay. you just introduce us to, to sort of the, the the brother that I guess you didn't know? Yeah, of course. Well, yeah, that's. That... You know, that's precisely what I wanted to find out for myself because I was so young when he died and I felt I didn't really get a chance to know him properly. And so starting to talk with his friends and learning about this person who was so deeply caring and so affectionate and so sweet. And he also had this side of, you know, being, just having disdain for any kind of bullshit mm-hmm. and any kind of backwards yeah. priorities and, um, being, yeah, really just believing in, in people and craving authentic connection um, that, yeah, you know, as you spoke to a little bit, like that part of Vancouver, we grew up in Caresdale, it's a very sort of mid-upper-class neighborhood in the 90s, there's a lot of cultural emphasis on being a certain way and, and um, being perceived in a certain way, uh, and I think that Josh really it was something that really got to him of being like, oh, but who are you genuinely? And really wanting to see people's flaws and see their, hear their true, honest thoughts, not this persona that I think um, he felt a lot of people around, you know, in our community or in his school that he saw people kind of putting themselves forward into the world in a way that wasn't authentic. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, certainly the the family, the Bly family that we met and we became close with, and they were very, very different than anyone else's family, you know, who we knew at that time. And um, I think it just must have been something so exciting and curious for him to be in an environment where, you know, they could talk about anything and it was very much encouraged to explore and question and be supported in those conversations in the way that that they really you know, fostered this environment of of um, yeah just discovering who you are and who you're becoming right at that moment in your life. I'll ask you about the Blies in just a sec, but um, yeah. uh, we get to know Josh in, in your film through his writing. Um, you share. Uh, his journals, uh, which, which we hear read in the film by, by uh, a number of individuals. Um, he had this um, view of the world around us. I think somebody says in the movie that, that he knew just how fucked up our society is. 
Um, you know, and at 15, I mean, that's incredibly wise and, and prescient in a way, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. I think that he was, um, I think that he was quite wise beyond his years, and that perhaps was like a bit of the, where the tension, where the frustration right. was for him, I, I, I think, was that, you know, seeing what the possibilities are and he was reading a lot, right? He was reading a lot of poetry, and he was, um, you know, fascinated by San Francisco in particular was a place that he kind of had romanticized based on what he was reading. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for him, you know, knowing that there was this other way that people could be living and treating each other and then seeing what was sort of in his immediate environment that to him felt kind of, uh, I guess, superficial in a lot of ways. Right. And yet he also had found this oasis, this is a place where he did have very close friends and very um, uh, strong connections and felt very supported and loved. So he, you know, there was like a glimpse of it, but I think as such a sensitive person and then, of course, um, the added element of being clinically depressed. Uh-huh. That um, that made it really hard for him to reconcile, I guess, with those differences. So, so the film starts um, uh, with uh, you, in a way, and you're telling us, the viewer, that um, you, you develop this pain in your feet, and okay. um, you have to come uh, back to Vancouver to get uh, treatment. And it, it turns out that the, the the one person that that has this this uh, specific treatment that that works for you is uh, Swan who is uh, uh, Sam's mother, and Sam uh, was uh, Josh's best friend. Um, that pain, by the way, I don't, I don't know uh, how you describe that. I mean, do you feel that it, it's a, a sort of physical manifestation of grief? Yeah, I do, I do now feel that is um, kind of what was happening. I think that there's a an element of of um, synchronicity or just sort of feeling like I was I was guided back here somehow yeah, yeah, yeah. to make this not just to make this film but to, to to reconnect with all of these people who who were close to my brother. Um, I have noticed quite a few times in the process of making this film that Sometimes things are not going well or not the way I planned or, you know, the camera doesn't work or somebody cancels or it's raining on the day we're supposed to shoot. All these kinds of things were when, and of course it's related to stress, but uh-huh. my pain would increase. Really? I would, yeah. <laughs> I would have a flare-up or, yeah, it would just be um, more pronounced. But there was a real shift, like a very noticeable shift in my in my pain and in my physical ability um, and my mobility when I started talking with Swan and with Sam and with Sarah. Um, it really did change things in my in my physical healing. Yeah. So so we meet Swan and um, her children, four, four kids, um, who, you, as you mentioned already, were, were uh, a draw for, for Josh. Um I'm curious to know um, why Josh was was so drawn to them. I mean, you've alluded to it already. It's a very different household than the, the one that you all grew up in, right? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, well, I do think it's natural for teenagers to be curious about other other families' cultures, yeah, yeah. you know, and seeing seeing people who are who are not like your family. Um, I think that's just a, a natural um, part of growing up. Um, I certainly was was you know hanging out with other people's families and curious about how they were being raised, and but yes, this. You know, this is a household where the parents were, were quite a bit younger and um, their, you know, their relationships were different. The parents were not, they were, they were no longer together, but they were still living together. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just, a, you know, non-normative uh, in, a, in kind of a, a neighborhood and a community that was quite normative mm. um, at the time. So I think that that was attractive. For not just Josh, I mean a whole group of, of teenagers who would spend a lot of time at that house because they felt free, they felt like they could say anything and ask anything and not have to hide, you know, what they were living through or talking about. And um, yeah, I think that that was special. Yeah, and so there were four. There were four uh, blight kids. Um, uh, one of which uh, a lot of us will re- will recognize in the city, a, a local uh, uh, Vancouver city councilor, Rebecca Bly. Um, was was Sam? Uh, I guess the same age as Josh. Yeah, Sam was in the same grade as Josh. I see. Yeah. And so the, the the two of them were were the closest. Is that right? Yeah, Sam and Josh were very very close. Um, and then Zach, Sam's younger brother, uh-huh. also very close friends with Josh. In the film, um, there there is an email that you send Sam about wanting to, uh, I guess, connect, and, and there's a gap of, of time between the time you write it and the time he replies to you. Was there initially some reticence on his part to talk at all? Um, I think there was. Yeah, perhaps a little bit of hesitation or just kind of not knowing what is this, what are what am I getting into? Right. You know, it was a painful and traumatic thing that happened um to him when he was young, you know. He was yeah. also fifteen or sixteen and um I think yeah, he was, you know, maybe being just a bit cautious, which is totally understandable to me of, of you know, exactly what are you gonna be asking me and what am I going to be? Um, what am I going to be unpacking? Yeah. Well, uh, we we um, realize in the film that that um, you're 11 when when uh, Josh dies, uh, and so I mean, th- this obviously has an effect on your teenage years, and, and one's teenagers are awfully important and and not always easy. Um, in terms of how it affected you. Um, as I think you say in the, in the film that it colored your teenage years. Um, was that um, the, the turning to the dark room, if you will, of taking pictures, um, uh, movies? Was that something that that you did to to I don't know, I guess get away from from it all? Yeah, in some ways get away from it, and in other ways tune into it mm. within myself. I think um, because. I so I I graduated from the same high school that Josh went to. Yeah. And I had some of the same teachers. I had the same guidance counselor, 
who was someone who loved Josh and he loved her very much. Um, and she, you know, she was instrumental in my, um, both introductory to photography. Uh-huh. Cause I was, I was actually going to drop the course at first and then she was like, no, no, I think you might like this. Really? Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and she was also, you know, hugely instrumental in me beginning my grief process. Like I hadn't really uh, begun until I was about 16 to really um, unpack my own individual feelings about it, right? Like I had been living with my parents and there was so much grief in the house. Mm-hmm. I think that I really did need to have my own space to um, start going through that process on my own and 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 that coinciding with learning photography and just getting really excited about about that creative practice, um, they happened to go well together. And I, I spent a lot of my spare time after school in the dark room. Mm-hmm. Um, it was useful for me. We see in the in the in the film your craft, if you will, the, the the different kinds of film, the different kinds of media that you work in, sixteen millimeter, super eight. Um, photographs themselves that that, that um, you, you do things to, if you will. Um, the um, there's such a resting images. They're, they're quite um, um, evocative and, and, and moving to, to see. Uh, I'm talking about these transitions that you make from various scenes in the film. Um, they're just fascinating to watch. I, I went back uh, a second time after watching the film and you know did the thing where I was <laughs> going back and, and seeing. A certain thing in the movie um, that you do. Um, w- when you see that now, uh, 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 what what do you see in terms of what you're trying to depict, if you will? Um. Well, yeah, like those those moments where you're kind of seeing abstract images, or yeah, they're 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 parts of the film that are made by hand and uh-huh. manipulated in the dark room. And um, I intended for those to both be kind of a, a breath or an exhale between some of the heavier scenes where we're going into emotional conversation. I wanted to have people to have a moment to kind of like reflect, take in what they just learned before we start, you know, talking more. Um, so I, I I liked having that rhythm um, and that kind of softer pacing in the film, but I also wanted to use those images as a way to illustrate some of the experiences and some of the emotions that we, at least I don't actually have words for. You know, yeah, like the yeah. experience of, of losing someone, the experience mm. of, of like, living with that loss and that absence in your life and as well as you know like the the internal um the grief the chemistry changing in josh's brain that's somewhat indescribable just like my physical pain was indescribable um it just is a certain way and it's about sensation more than it is about putting it into words and i think those kinds of images can conjure up sensation yeah and and so it's not just the visual as well that i that i was drawn to was the sounds that 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 
that all makes, you know, whether it's the, the, the projection, the projector, I should say, um, uh, the sound of it jamming or the film jamming or, or just nature itself. I, I found that um, quite moving as I was watching the film. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, the, the sound of the projector running is, um, yeah, it's kind of soothing and nostalgic, I think, yeah. for many people. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, what was it like to interview your parents? I mean, I, I would assume, um, not having interviewed my parents, that it, it's a lot different than, say, talking to them without a camera. Yeah, definitely. Um, it was, a, it was um, a big question mark for me, was how... how uh, I would um, involve them in the film. Um, I felt that really what I wanted to do was get to know Josh, and I felt the way to do that was through his friends because they were the closest people to him at the time that he died. And But, of course, it was like, I, how am I going to make a film about my brother and not include my parents? Of course, they need to be in it, and I wanted them to be in it. I just I wasn't sure in what capacity, and so... I, what you see in the film is actually material that I filmed still in the development phase, really. I filmed both with my mom and with my dad alone, uh-huh. with me and a, and a camera. And um, I, I wanted to show, like, their, their own grief processes, right? So, like, my mom formed this society and was doing a lot of, like, prevention and awareness. Mm-hmm. Uh, work and um, and my dad was involved with that a little bit too. Um, and then my dad, you know, would go into a little bit more depth about his own grief and um, yeah, I didn't I didn't want to I guess corner them or make them you know feel exposed. It's, it's such a private. Uh, yeah. Journey, um, and but they—they, they, I mean, they were incredible. They were—they were all very, very open um, to whatever I wanted to to do in this film. And you know, like I, I reached out to them on numerous occasions, but one in particular was about including Josh's ashes mm-hmm. in the making of the film. Um, that was something that you know came to mind, and I was—I was really. I was really interested in, in how that might affect the celluloid, um, but I knew that I couldn't do that without asking them. Right. And that would be that would just be so disrespectful. Uh, so I, I asked them what they felt, and it was a it was a conversation where I was really unsure how it was going to go. I wasn't sure if they would even understand what I was talking about. Do you want to do what with the actors? <laughs> on the film and then yeah. for what purpose <laughs> you know but <laughs> that was a conversation that for me really cemented um, it was like this is the way that I feel supported by them yeah uh, it really for me like they just felt so um, like they entrusted his story you know, yeah. they entrusted that in me. If they would let me tell the story of the most painful experience of our family um, and tell, you know, about Josh's life and even to the point where I was, I was 
given their blessing to use his his physical ashes. Yeah, yeah, I, I read about that in the notes. Um, yeah, and and I, I I thought that was so cool, and and I, I wondered in the back of my head what Josh would have thought, and I I, I would like to think that he would thought uh, think that it was cool too. <laughs> you know, what, that's what my parents said on the phone really? when I called yeah. them to ask them about it. They were kind of like, you know, what you do is so unusual, and we don't always understand it. <laughs> but we we trust you, and we. Um, I think they said something about like it, it makes us break out of our old-fashioned ways to some degree, <laughs> and you kind of like shake things up and <laughs> help us, um, you know, yeah, break break through our own uh, assumptions. And that was that was really lovely. But they also said like, yeah, well, I think Josh would would think it's really cool what you're doing. So. Yeah, <laughs> um I like to think that too. Yeah. Um, I, I interview people. I talk to people on a regular basis, and I, I found yeah. in the film the, the 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 sequence with your dad and the dog. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you were on a beach somewhere. Is that right? Yeah, we were on the Cooper Island. Yeah, and um, I found that so instructive in terms of how to ask a question, because you can see on his face, um, obviously grief. Mm-hmm. Um, he's trying to process his thoughts, I guess, as, as you're asking him questions. And he asks you to repeat some of these questions once or twice. Um, mm-hmm. And um, I found that a, a, a marvelous insight into how to talk to somebody mm-hmm. um, in terms of, of um, you can see, I don't know what it is, it's, if, if it's reticence or, or he actually didn't uh, know what you were wanting to ask him or, or he just was buying time, if you will. Um, it, it, and I, and I, I thought that that part of the film I thought was particularly beautiful, especially with the dog included in it. And you yeah. see the dog doing dog things, if you will. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I guess knowing that your dad was going through something, if you will, and and doing what he does at the end there. And I just thought it was a, such a beautiful part of the film. Thank you, thank you for for noticing that and and asking about it. I. Yeah, I think that, um, for one thing, yes, definitely, you know, the way that he's um, petting the dog and holding the dog, you can see how much comfort he's getting from yeah. this animal. Um, and, um, yeah, I think that, that that has been really important for, yeah. for my parents. They've, they've had his guide dog puppy in the past few years, um, and, and they have their own dog now. But... Um, uh, with that interview, as I said, it was it was something I filmed during the development. I wasn't necessarily thinking I would use it in the in the finished film. Uh-huh. Um, and I, you know, this is definitely the most direct conversation my dad and I have had on on the subject. I'll bet, yeah. Um, and I was kind of pushing him quite a bit actually, and he he responded to it. With such honesty and such thoughtfulness and love, I, I really, um, I, I want, I had certain things that I wanted to ask, and I did ask him, but I also wanted him to kind of lead. So when he would pause, I would just wait. Yeah. And then either he would say, you know, next question, or 
and he does this, right? He, he pauses, and I say nothing, and then he continues, and another thought comes to mind. And I think when you give people time, whether or not it's someone close to you, you know, it could be someone who's not close to you, you just give people time and you really listen, that will, I think, encourage them to to feel like they can share um, what's on their mind. But I, I also really like that about that part of the film, is that you really, you really see him thinking about how to respond. And, and when he asks me to repeat the question, to me, what that also shows is, you know, my, my parents are of an older generation. Mm. Um, and some of the things I'm asking about, like some of the emotional language that is a little bit more common now in, you know, my generation right. and younger, yeah. it's a little bit more common to use words like healing or process yeah. or um, these kinds of things. But that I think in previous years we didn't necessarily use that kind of language. Um, we didn't communicate in that way. Um, that, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that he's really just being himself. Indeed. Right, Indeed. he really is being himself, and and speaking about his own process to the best of his ability. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, 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 it's such an instructive film, and and th- that's one of the, the the more instructive parts of it. But but in in the whole, I think it gives us a, a sort of language for grief. Um, mm. Your movie does, and and. Um, that, that um, you know, we, we, we've emerged in these last two or three years through, through um, isolation, if you will. Yeah. Um, realizes just how important people are, 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 to have people around you, I guess, you know? Yeah, certainly. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, one of the main, uh, well, I guess one of the main points of, of what I learned in this film was how essential community is to our grieving process, you know, and that comes in different forms. Josh's friends were all together, you know, drawing on the sidewalk and playing music, and my parents had their community. My dad talks about people taking care of them. People would drop off dinners, you know, not just for a week, but for months after this, you know, traumatic event, and you, you, you need that. We need to be held by our people yeah. and carried through a, a, a hard time like that. And, in, and as a viewer, it's, it's heartening to see that you've, you've managed to connect with people um, that you didn't otherwise know, and you have, I guess, your own community now, and, and that, that, that's, I guess, a gift from Josh, if you will. I mean, do Definitely. you see it that way? Oh, absolutely, I see it that way. Yeah, I, I feel like I've been taken into the fold in, in many ways and um, you know it's like being closer to Josh but also forming my own friendships my own relationships with these people um, and then so many people who've been part of the film who didn't even know Josh who feel connected to it and that, that has always been so beautiful for me to see how how you know folks who who didn't know him but feel touched by his story and his life was um, so supportive and so instrumental in bringing this film to life with me. 
By the way, I was going to ask Nisha about the, the, the film that they were watching the, at the Bly House the night that Josh died. Do, 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 you, do you remember what that was? Oh, <laughs> um, I wonder why you're curious about what film. Um, I believe it was Cruel Intentions. I see. Classic 90s film. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, I, can, I, can, I can see now why you walked <laughs> out, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, this is just yeah. <laughs> Nisha, this is such a, a, a beautiful film. Uh, also, I, I just realized I forgot to ask you, um, um, what, are you working on something else now? Um, I am. I, I mean, primarily I'm, I'm, I'm working on, you know, getting this film out into the world mm-hmm. and wanting people to see it. and um, But also also wanting to, to hopefully work on something that is less personal next. And, um, um, you know, this film took many, many years. I've been working on it since 2016, so I think it would be fun to do something kind of light and, and short turnaround uh-huh. next, like music videos or something like that. But I do have a, a longer-term project also um, underway that, that I'm excited to sink my teeth into. It's just such a beautiful film, as I said, and, and, and something that I think people ought to see. Um, there are screenings for uh, the uh, film festival, but we're, we're speaking about a week and a half before, I guess, the, the first date. And I understand that the tickets are now only available, I guess, only standby tickets are available. Yeah, uh, so our, our first screening on September 30th and our second screening on October 2nd are both on standby, so there are no more online tickets available but people can show up you know yeah 45 minutes or more in advance and and take their chances hopefully um some some of those tickets will be released and and then there is um some possibility of another screening being added during the festival otherwise you know we do hope to be able to bring this film back to vancouver on some other occasion yeah yeah um, uh, by the way, that must be gratifying to, to know that, that uh, so many days in advance, the, 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 it's sold out, if you will. Yeah. Especially yeah, in your hometown, right? Absolutely, yeah. It was very meaningful and also very surprising because you know, within just a week of tickets going on sale, um, these two screenings sold out. So, yeah, very, um, just, yeah, feeling very lucky and very supported and um, excited to share the film. Congratulations on the, on the movie, Nisha, and uh, continued good luck with it. I so appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. The screenings of the movie are uh, this uh, Friday evening at 6 at the Van City Theatre and uh, Sunday afternoon, the 2nd of October, 3.45 p.m. at the Cinematheque. Visit viff.org for information on the screenings as well as uh, any subsequent uh, or, or uh, the possibility of subsequent screenings later on during the festival. And, of course, visit uh, Nisha's website at melodiousimage.com. Nisha Platzer, join me on the line from here in Vancouver. I'm Joseph Plato.